okay, everybody's got a fucking podcast. I mean, we have a podcast, so obviously anyone can do it. Wait, this is a podcast? Are you recording right now? Technical difficulties. No, you don't have to say anything. I'm going to edit it out. Technical difficulties. <laughs> okay. I put mayonnaise on a pickle. Yo, I know y'all ain't playing skee-ball. <laughs> I'm trying to go to bed. Do I see? I mean, my feet stink, right? Yeah. think of this i loved it yeah you said last week it was your favorite terminator it is the to me it is the best of all of the terminator movies to date and you thought uh, it was all right it was all right i don't think it was the greatest but it wasn't bad to watch i just don't think it was like amazing there's no terminator 2 no it was no terminator 2 no, I. Plus, I mean, the movie didn't have Arnold in it, and just kind of felt, you know, weird without Arnold. Other than like the weird CGI like, Arnold. CGI Arnold. I was say, yeah, you had the CGI and I was like, Arnold. I was like, really? No. <laughs> I really do like this one, but two to me is still my favorite. Why is oh. it your favorite? I just think the action scenes. I think it's. Oh, it's obviously funnier. I mean, this this movie just had obviously a heavier tone to it as opposed to Terminator 2 it was kind of like it, I mean it's obviously very heavy because you know mm-hmm. uh, the end of all mankind is you know kind of weighing on everybody in the background but it is near <laughs> I still think that 2 was better I, I just enjoyed it more as well that's fair but 4 is still it for me as far as order of what movies were the best it's probably 2, 4 3, 1 1 really? 3 and then six, five. Yeah, I'm not gonna even like count the last two. <laughs> yeah, I mean six, I thought was better than five. Yeah, Let's absolutely. not get into it right at this moment because we're on four. But so uh, I think we'll just start reading the plot here, just to get us started, and then we'll go through all our thoughts. So in 2003, Doctor Serena Kogan of Cyberdyne Systems convinces death row inmate Marcus Wright to sign over his body for medical research following his execution. Sometime later, the automated Skynet system is activated and becomes self-aware, perceiving humans as a threat to its existence. It starts a nuclear holocaust to eradicate them in the event known as Judgment Day. Just make sure we're still going. Okay. In 2018, John Connor orchestrates an attack on a Skynet base, where he discovers prisoners and schematics in a laboratory for incorporating living tissue to a new type of Terminator, which he recognizes as the T-800 model. John survives an explosion on the base, which is destroyed. Following John's departure, Marcus emerges from the base's wreckage and begins walking towards Los Angeles. John returns to the Resistance headquarters, located aboard a nuclear submarine, and is briefed by General Ashdown that the Resistance has discovered a hidden signal containing a code protocol which they believe can initiate a shutdown of Skynet's machines. The Resistance plans to launch an offensive against Skynet's headquarters in San Francisco. It is decided among the Resistance that the offensive will commence in four days due to an intercepted kill list created by Skynet, which plans to kill the Resistance's leaders within the same time frame. John learns he is on second on this list following Kyle Reese. The Resistance leaders do not understand Kyle's importance, but John knows that Kyle will eventually travel back in time and become his father and realizes that Skynet has learned of this fact. Arriving at the ruins of Los Angeles, Marcus encounters Kyle and a mute child named Star during a skirmish with Skynet's machines. Kyle and Star are subsequently abducted and taken prisoner by Skynet. 
Two Resistance A-10 airplanes are shot down while trying to intercept a machine transport. Marcus locates downed pilot Blair Williams, and they make their way to Jones Base, where Marcus is wounded by a magnetic landmine. Attempting to save his life, Resistance fighters discover that Marcus is actually a cyborg with a cybernetic endoskeleton and a partially uh, artificial cerebral cortex. Although Marcus insists that he is human, John and his wife Kate suspect that Marcus has been sent to execute them, and John orders him to be killed. Blair helps Marcus escape. During the pursuit, Marcus saves John's life from Skynet's Hydrobots, and the two make a bargain. Marcus will enter Skynet's headquarters in San Francisco to help John rescue Kyle and other prisoners if he lets him live. Excuse me. John pleads with General Ashdown to delay the offensive so he can formulate a plan to extract the human captives, but Ashdown refuses and relieves John of his command. However, the Resistance disobeys Ashdown's orders and instead await John's signal. Marcus enters the base, interfaces with the computer, and disables perimeter defenses so that John can release the prisoners. Marcus learns from Skynet, which assumes the form of Dr. Kogan on a screen, that he was resurrected by it in order to lure John to the base. When the Resistance launches its attack, John will be killed, achieving Skynet's goal. The hidden signal that the Resistance received earlier is revealed to be a ruse, and Skynet uses it to track down and destroy the Resistance Command's submarine. Refusing to accept his fate, Marcus tears out the hardware linking him to Skynet and leaves to aid John. John locates Kyle and Star, but they are ambushed by a T-800 Terminator. As Kyle and Star escape, Marcus appears and fights the T-800 while John rigs together nuclear fuel cells to destroy the facility. Marcus is soon outclassed in strength and temporarily disabled until John comes to his aid, after which John is stabbed through the chest by the T-800 from behind. Marcus destroys the T-800 by tearing its head off, and he, John, Kyle, and Star are airlifted out. John detonates the explosives, taking out a stockpile of Skynet's weapons, including the T-800s with the base, altering the future. At a field hospital, John's injury is deemed terminal, so Marcus offers his heart for transplantation, sacrificing himself to save John. As he recovers, John radios to other resistance fighters that although this battle's been won, the war continues. Um... Moving forward, just for the listener here, I think we will just read the summary at the top. Yeah. Because I think I think we've tried out like a lot of things, right? Yeah. Uh, I think we'll just read it at the top and then start going through notes. And I can timestamp that. And I, I will timestamp that. And so that if you don't want to sit through, you know, the summary because you watched the movie or, you know, have an idea of it, then you can just roll through it. But we, want the, we still want the summary in there so that if someone listens that hasn't seen the movie you can you know you can still have an idea what's going on so just fyi there listeners charles do you have, or well okay i do have a note to start okay unless you have something like pressing for the beginning no it's no no okay um i i well what i was thinking was you never really find out what it was Marcus did. I mean, obviously, he's a murderer of some kind. Or, you know, because he says, the brother and two cops are dead because of me. But you never really find out. They don't really revisit it in the movie. Other than, apparently, his brother liked to listen to Rooster by Alice in Chains when they turned that car radio on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would think that... And I was expecting that movie that at some point, maybe, either towards the end or towards the climax of the movie, that it was going <clears> to... <throat> you were going to find out what he did yeah. to have himself... Put in jail and you know, since you know, since to death. Yeah. But yeah, you never found out. It kind of like I don't know. I just I would have not. I would like to know. 
Yeah. Because, like, I mean, it start, the movie starts out like that, so it's kind of like, okay, what do you do to get here? Even, you don't have to go into detail. Just say, hey, he did this, and this is why he's here. Cool. Well, here we go. So, I paused the movie on when he gets into Skynet's database, and he's looking at all the articles and shit that come up. So, I paused the movie, and I copied down what one of the articles said about Marcus. That's here. And that's a funny thought that, you know, someone had to sit down and write all these different articles that would pop up on the screen that, like, maybe one guy, one fucking loser, myself, would pause the movie and read the goddamn thing. <laughs> you know? But, like, how many people have probably watched this movie and never looked at it? But moving on. All of us. Me. <laughs> uh, so, the, first, the one article that said, you know, I don't remember what the headline of it was, but it's, like, one of the first articles that come up on the left. It said, uh, Convicted murderer Marcus Wright was sentenced to death last Monday after he was found guilty for the murder of his brother, Sam Wright. Sam was found fatally stabbed repeatedly through his body uh, with intense trauma to all major organs resulted in a quick death. The reason for what prompted Marcus to initiate such a vicious attack is still not known as Marcus did not reveal to police or reporters the reason behind the senseless violence. Marcus Wright seemed unremorseful the entire duration of his time in prison and even up to the last minutes before the needle was inserted into his vein, and he showed little to no compassion for the brutal crime he had committed. Uh, however, underneath uh, the cold exterior of a soulless murderer, there is a sense of redemption as Marcus accepted an offer from Dr. Serena Kogan, uh, founder, to donate his body to scientific experimentation after his death. His body was transferred to Cyber9-Skynet Corporations last Tuesday. That's what I read. Now, I had a couple questions there. Uh, they don't mention the two cops that Marcus mentioned. Right. Uh, so they didn't really tell the whole story. Now, not, not, obviously, I don't think they intended on telling the story at all. So, you know, they were kind of lazy writing that. Yeah, article anyhow. That, that was one of the things that I had put down on here. I was like, what is his like story and his purpose? You know what I mean? Right. So I, I came up with a motive um, because... Like, you know, they said in the article, no motive, right? So, I, I think the motive is him and his brother are probably hanging out around the house, right? And his brother takes the last Capri Sun. <laughs> and he just goes fucking crazy on Oh, him. God, here we go. And I'd like to think he did it with the Capri Sun straw. Wow. You know? So. You know how strong you gotta be to kill someone with a Capri Sun straw? I don't even know if, if it matters. I because like I think the straw is just gonna bend. But, he's an amazing I mean, man. enough times. I mean, maybe you just... Yeah, uh, just get one. Yeah, make sure you use a pointy end, though. Right, you're right. That is, that is quite a fucking... You gotta, like, hit Alright, so you don't like it. You gotta, you know, no, like... I didn't say that. I, didn't like <laughs> it. I just said that's quite a theory. Perfectly in the jugular. Right. Just right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to be so, fair, you could definitely but, use one to, like... But you gotta hope that they're, like, a Capri Sun and already have, like, a pre-made hole. Right, <laughs> right. He's, he's been cut there before when he was younger, so all you gotta do is a little bit of scar little, tissue. Little, right yeah. through the scar tissue. <laughs> Insert here is just tattooed on his neck. <laughs> yeah, so I know a few girls with that tattoo. Oh Jesus Christ! I knew as soon as I said it, I was like, I, shouldn't <laughs> have said that. I was like, I shouldn't have said that. So Capri Suns, you know, watch out. Dangerous. Don't don't take the last Capri Sun. <laughs> I the theory that I came up with was that him and his brother were like, was it with cool, was it like, with Kool Aid Jammers instead no. of Capri Suns? No. Yeah, mine was much cool. more sophisticated. It was Kool Aid jammers. jammers yeah. No, I I thought they were like thieves of some sort because he was like really intelligent. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the dude was able to take a radio apart and pull off the inner workings and fix it. And yeah. I was like, it doesn't, it's not just like common knowledge for most people, you know? Yeah. And then like, I mean, maybe they were like bank robbers or something. And his brother was like, I'm not going to jail. And maybe he was like mortally wounded. And his brother was like, just put him out of his misery and hit him where mm. he needed to, to like end it. So he didn't suffer. Interesting. That's just a, no. like, like when you hit a deer on the road. Yeah. Well, you you gotta, know what? You gotta get out with your 12 gauge and put it down. Yeah. Hopefully you got your 12 gauge with you that day. You guys don't keep yours in your car? Uh, I mean, not yeah. 12 gauge. Oh. I mean, you know. Stay like strapped adver- or get clapped, homie. Pretty I don't much. like to advertise it. He said I don't like to advertise it. Come on now. Even if you got caught with that, you'd get like maybe six months of community service. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Death. <laughs> <laughs> Sentenced to death. I like the opening scene. I really like this director, uh, whose name is just MCG. listed as MCG. I'm actually looking that up. His birth name is Joseph McGinty Nicole. Joseph McGinty Nicole. Hmm. I guess, I mean, that's... That's just the first three letters of McGinty. Yeah. I guess it's easier to say MCG than... Or McG. Could be McG. Could be McG. McG. McJones. McJones. His birthday is really close to mine. Oh, he did the uh, Charlie's Angels movies. Hmm. Huh. Well, you know. Interesting. We all have our downfalls. And the OC and Supernatural. Hmm. That makes a lot more sense. I've heard always heard great things about Supernatural, but I've never watched it. I my sister loved it, and I never could get behind it. But I never even tried it out. I, you know. Do you ever see this means eventually. war? This means war. No. No. Okay. He did that one. A lot of things mean war. That's true. Like the word war. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I like, okay, so you, you were saying that John Connor wasn't general, right? And right. And so, I had an issue with it. Okay, so I had an issue with that because in, like, the first one and second one, John Connor was always supposed to be, like, the leader, the icon of the Resistance. But in this movie, he was, like, reporting to Resistance Command. And I was like, shouldn't he be part of said command? Or at least running command. But in this one, he was more of, like, just, like, a foot soldier like well the way i took it because this isn't like right before you know kyle reese goes back in time they're in uh what they say 2018 2018 remember that year i do yeah terminator's rough that year it was um it would have never happened if rombie would have been killed right here he goes so the way i took it is you know because 2027 is when the year kyle gets sent back right so the way I took it is, you know, maybe John kind of ascended the ranks, and obviously the resistance submarine getting blown up, you know, had a, probably had a lot to do with him ascending rank. And so I think I think it's just kind of the natural order of things. I don't think that because I I, w- I had the same note of like, well, what the fuck? Like, why mm. why does everyone like why do writers just feel the need that they got to change something? Yeah. And but I I think how I think that's how they meant it though. It's like you know he didn't like just start out because if you look at three. You know, people were asking him, like, at the end of three, people are radioing in. So, mm-hmm. like, Connor, who's in charge there? Oh, uh, I am. You know, and so I think... Right. I think the surviving, like, military personnel probably, you know, had had control, and then... That's fair. That's the way I took it, was like, I, he I, just, he's not in command yet. I just think it's kind of, it was kind of silly. Sure. Because he was, like, people were still calling him, like, a prophet and stuff, you know? Right. So, like, for... 
Like, he was still, like, labeled as, like, a prophet and everything. Like, people still followed him, like, blindly, obviously. Well, he's a great leader. So, I was just, like, in my mind, I was like, okay, so what's the whole point of Resistance Command if John Connor is supposed to be, like, depicted as the leader of the Resistance, the face of the Resistance? Sure. And that's how they made it in all the other movies. Like Yeah. So I, was like, I just okay. think, yeah, I just took it as he wasn't there, just quite there yet. And, like, obviously, I think after this movie, if they would have actually fucking continued the story instead of changing it with Genesis, which we won't get into right this moment, but I, I think that's I think that's what you kind of would have seen. It was like, okay, now he's... Because he's got his own unit and everything. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was interesting how they just kind of never addressed that Kate's pregnant. Yeah, like, okay, so... Like, they just never, like... he's never, They never mention... He's never like, oh, I'll be back for the baby. Like, I don't right. know. Nope. Just nothing. You just... He goes back to base, and you just see his wife with this big ass belly, and I was and like, just "Wait, like, oh hey!" But I do, I do like the fact that he did keep her like medicinal intelligence side a thing in this one, because obviously, like in the third one, she was uh, like an animal vet. Yeah. So, for her to still have like that whole medical side in Salvation, I was like, okay, at least they kept little continuity. Like, yeah. yeah, at least they kept it a little bit like like it should be. Well, and it's like, yeah, so they actually, like, number one, number two, number three, number four, actually have, like, just the smallest bit of continuity, and mm. that just the stories continue off of themselves. Yeah. I mean, granted, the timelines are messed up with, you know, John's a 13-year-old slash 9-year-old and two, and yep. there's that whole thing. 13 slash 9-year-old. Dates are hard. <laughs> yeah, numbers are, are difficult. Numbers are hard. Actually, numbers, numbers are really hard. difficult. Just call me. <laughs> Next time you guys make a Terminator movie, we'll call me. I'll for sure. look over it for you. And make sure the dates and times are right. The writers are probably just like, oh, this is so confusing. I'm confused. Send help. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, Fuck it. Just 2028? What is this? Yeah. Like, oh, 2020 is never going to happen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Almost did it. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, funny story, though. Bryce Dallas Howard, uh -huh. which plays his wife in this one, she plays... Gwen, Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3. Oh. Yeah. Which okay. is also the chick from Jurassic World as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she played in Spider-Man 3 back in 2007. She played Gwen Stacy, which is kind of cool that they kept that whole thing, like, a little bit more accurate than the Terminators. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, she was actually in, like, the Amazing Spider-Man and shit. But, yeah. well, the name was only in there. Sure. But, but Yeah. Uh, so then they, they kind of show the origin of, like, you know, in Terminator 1, Kyle has the, uh, shotgun tied to his arm. Yep. You know, he does that whole deal. Yep. And, like, they show, like, where show he learned where it from. where he learned it from, Marcus. You know, Marcus shows it to him. So that, that's, I like little, like, origin stuff like that. It's pretty cool. A little bit of consistency. Yeah. I, I did like that. Yeah. Or, sorry. No, I mean, no. just jump in whenever you... Uh, so, but I, I did like that, uh... Also, I thought it was really funny how Kyle Reese is like, come with me if you want to live. Like, that was Call like another line, thing. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, all right, cool. And then, like, he made himself seem like he was so educated and, like, badass. And then fucking Marcus took his fucking gun from him and, like, just, yeah. he, he just took the fucking thing, tied it around. He's like, I'll try and take it. <laughs> then he just held his hand up. And, like, he held his hand up. And he, then he tried to, like, pull it, like, twice. And I was like, buddy, it's already tied around his wrist. You're not getting it. Like, if you pull it one time and you see it tied around his wrist, don't pull it again because it's not going to go off. Yeah. So, Kyle Reese, that was kind of cool. 
Uh, you meet him in the beginning, and then throughout the entire movie, his, I guess, his level of importance gets higher mm-hmm. as the movie goes on. I still think they could have done a better job explaining Marcus's importance to this whole thing. Sure. Because I feel like they didn't. He was just kind of there, and then, like, the doctor chick, which also she was in, like, Sweeney Todd and stuff. I don't remember her name, but uh, he would have been a really good character, I feel like, to give some sort of origin story to, I guess, better than they did, because it was very vague. They were just like, all right, yeah, he was on death row. It's like, all right, for what? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, show where he got his intelligence from. Like, the fact that he could disassemble a radio, tear the inner components apart, and put it back together, make it work. Get a car you running. Get a car running yeah. that's been sitting for God knows how long, like show like tell where he learns these things like how does he learn these things because it's not that's just it's not easy yeah like i couldn't rebuild a radio i couldn't fucking just get some random car to start yeah yeah i mean that's a fair point and i think part of it too is you know because i don't know if they were going to actually use that story of like mm-hmm. i mean you know granted i'm a cunt and i like you know read the screen grab and i was like well this is what they said so I don't know. If, I think maybe they probably didn't mention it because it's harder to, because they want you to kind of start liking them, you right. know, because he ends up saving the day, and so it's kind of a redemption story. But it might have been hard for people to get behind him, knowing he did all that, you know. I mean, but that's like giving him like an origin. I guess I wouldn't say even like an origin. Just like I'm not saying they shouldn't have. I'm just saying like, I, I, you know, if I'm thinking of reasons, maybe why not? Yeah, but you were still gonna like him regardless because of the way he had changed. Like, from the beginning of the movie where you first saw him, you're like, alright, this dude's sitting in a prison cell, and he just kissed this, like, forced this kiss out of this, like, cancerous, like, nun-looking lady. Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and cancerous then, nun-looking And then lady. you, like, come into... Like, he comes back into the show, like, the movie, like, in a little bit, and then you see him as, like, okay, he's alive. You're like, for one, how? Two, is he still an asshole? And you can tell right off the rip that he's not, like, the same shitty person he was before. Like, he tries to play it off like he's not a good guy, but, like, yeah. he makes all of the correct moves, I guess, to show that he's not. So even if they had shown, like, why he was in prison, like, you would still... His character development. You would still like his character development. I understand, but I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing out reasons here. Well, they suck. The writers suck. That's fair. Well, that's one common theme. That's, just, that's for just, sure. <laughs> just kidding. I love the movie. Mm. Uh, Marcus has no reason to go north unless he just wants to see his house that was destroyed or something. I, yeah, I did. I never really I mean, got maybe that. Maybe Skynet was just pulling him north. Maybe, maybe he just since he did have like that link. Maybe yeah. it was just because like he was like it was like a natural gravitation. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't explain why, but he was just like, I feel like I need to go north. Cause, like there's no way like his house would still be there. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Me <laughs> like one doesn't. One of them, like, cheesy-ass movies, like, where someone, after like, an apocalyptic movie, and they go home, and somehow their house is one of the only ones still standing. The, the whole and block like, is left. Really, the whole block is gone, but this house is still fucking standing, and still can walk in, pull pictures off the fucking wall. Yeah, like, right. I was just like, Marcus, buddy. I was like, let's just take the L and keep it moving. Yeah, so every everybody has a mentality in those movies. It's just like, oh, well, no, but my house will be there. My house is yeah, still there. Well, I, I, okay. I gotta see my parents are still there. That's wishful thinking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're still there, all right. In fucking pieces. You know, like, yeah. first movie... Uh, Walk in, I you think won't of, hail them. First movie I think of is fucking uh, Zombieland. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, my parents are still alive. Like, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah, it's like, buddy. Like, now I get it, like, wanting to make sure, you know? But, like, there's a difference between, like, zombie apocalypse going to check on, you know, your house or your family versus a nuclear fallout where it's, like, most of the population has been vaporized. Yeah. You know, like, a nuke doesn't even have to land close to your house. That shit could land in Cincinnati and still level everything in Columbus. Like, right. What would you do in the event of a nuke? What do you mean? I'd die. There ain't no fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would die. There's, there's no, like, what do you mean? Like, like I'm going to outrun it. <laughs> right. You just what, what would be your last thoughts before you die if you, like... If you just heard like a boom, you know, like you kind of looked and you're like, see the mushroom cloud. You just see the mushroom cloud. I knew cloud. it. <laughs> if like, I saw the mushroom cloud, I'm not gonna lie. I'd probably just, you know, give Tiff a hug and a kiss and be like, I love you. Because I mean, you're gonna, you wouldn't even feel it. Like, oh, yeah. just the fucking concussion, like from the shock wave, is just like you're gonna die before you feel anything, anyways. So, kind of really not a whole lot you can do. Yeah. <laughs> boom. That's, Fuck it. I, I just got that raise. <laughs> I just paid off my car. I just paid off my yeah. car. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Well, that's gold. Of course. <laughs> In theory. He said, what would you do? I'd die. What kind of I'd fucking die. questions is that? I'll just tell you what I'd do. Yeah, I that's what die. I'd do. I'd, I'd probably die. die. Jesus. You know, I don't even think I'd want to live in a world after a, a nuclear fallout. No, you're just struggling I, I for of, shit. Yeah, yeah like a three-day-old coyote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, it's, I think I'd rather... I'll take the nuke. I won't. I'll take I, the nuke. If I had the option, like obviously, like I would be, I would just. I'll take the nuke. I would just what? give it. I would just give it my best because I, I. I would rather. That's just like. That's just like the question of if you had the option to live forever, would you? Fuck no. It would get boring. I would live for a while, but it would definitely it would get no, boring. It would get boring. You'd watch everything you know and everything you love, and all your friends and family perish. Yeah. And then, like at some point, you're like, all right, well. Great, I've been at the same job for 400 years. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck am I supposed to do with my life? That's fair. My 401k has got so much in it, <laughs> they won't let me have it. They yeah, that's fucking silly. So they, they stop at that little shelter on the side of the road. All those people were in there. The gas station. The 7-Eleven. Uh, the 7-Eleven. They, they made sure that you saw the 7-Eleven sign multiple times. Oh, yeah. You know 7-Eleven was like, here, blow up one of our gas stations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We don't here's, use it. We don't use it anymore. Here's two thousand dollars. Make sure you show our sign a bunch. Fucking <laughs> the big gulp the signs as soon as you. Everything in the fucking inside the convenience store part of the store is pristine just, condition. Well, it's like it's all burnt and taken away, but all that big gulp sign was in perfect condition in the background on the wall. I bet there was still big gulp in the machine. <laughs> <laughs> you probably still could have got a fucking slurpee. You probably could have got a fucking slurpee. It'd be funny when he was like, was, she, the old lady's like, not until this one gets something to eat, and she'd walk over the slurpee machine, just like. <laughs> <laughs> Could you we, imagine how radioactive that shit would be? You like slurpees, little one? <laughs> it's glowing it's and shit. melting through the cup. <laughs> it's green and glowing. Well, it's just a Mountain Dew flavor. God. <laughs> I don't know, they should have waited it out in that cellar, you know. Those guys probably weren't opening that door. Once they heard everything go wrong. But. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, they were <laughs> that like, chilling. The fucking, the fucking claw just said, boom. I was like, god damn. And of course <laughs> it got her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, probably because she was the one sitting there yelling. But Yeah, Um. so the, the black dude, I can't remember his name, but is that the same guy from Fear? 
the one that was like, that's not your food to give away. You know what I'm talking Run, about? No, I know which guy you're talking about. I, uh, I'm going to look at the cast list real quick. I'm pretty sure. I remember sure. him being in Fear. But it's been a long time since I've watched Fear. So. He was the black dude. <laughs> that, like... He was the one black guy oh, in the, the one, one show. The one well, black dude in the beginning. That was that's, like it's that not show. a terrible statement because, like, I mean, there was pretty much only the one black dude in the beginning of Fear, so... For sure. That makes sense. I might have been the same dude. I don't know. But that was a cool scene. And, of course, like, you know, they thought they think they'd kill it. And, uh, you know, then it just walks right out of the, out of the fire. And you're like, great, good, love it. I mean, um, they get they they try their best. All I know is I want a vehicle as durable as these vehicles they find on the side of the road after like you and lion apocalyptic <laughs> stuff. Like how the fuck does this shit like survive all these fucking off road slamming oh. into shit like explosions still just driving perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. I was like that fucking truck the the tow truck they were driving or whatever. I was like that thing. Now, don't get me wrong, I definitely believe, like, turbo diesel trucks are, like, built to last. But it's, sure. like, that one was beyond built to last. <laughs> like, that. Well, like, when you hit something and you don't, like, lose any speed at all, like, speed oh, up. okay. Yeah, like, I, I just... You actually gain some speed. You gain some speed when it's you like, hit it. It's, it's like, like hitting a little boosting on Mario Kart. Yeah. <laughs> Dog, like, that thing never slowed down, like, ever. Like, it didn't matter what they hit with it. It just never fucking slowed down. And the luck... To hook that fucking tow rope around the wing of the HK. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't plan that any better. No. It was almost like it was scripted. <laughs> Sometimes I hate being friends with you. <laughs> well, that was funny. The Resistance had, didn't even know that Kyle and Star were in L.A. I guess they just abandoned L.A.? I mean, they probably like, just deemed it kind of like a lost cause because it was kind of like a hot zone, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. I mean, just no help for this dude, Kyle and Star. So, so you looked it up. It is the same dude. Well, I don't. I don't know. It didn't. It's not Sean. But that's it. That's what. What were you like. doing this whole time? I was looking through the fucking uh, <laughs> list. Hold on. Let me go back. Just go through and see what he starred in. That's what I was trying. To, that's what I was doing. But uh, sometimes it doesn't give you like all that shit. And then my phone is having a heart attack right now. So, yeah, and then we find, you know, Marcus finds Blair after he gets tossed from the plane and skips across the water like a, like a, a river stone. A, a fucking rock. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that was the craziest rock scape I've ever seen, but with a human being. Yeah. <clears throat> so he finds Blair hanging from that oil rig. He's like, what are the fucking chances in the middle of nowhere your parachute gets caught on that? Out of all else around. Well, that's like, you know, you're fucking the captain of the Titanic. All that fucking open water, you hit the one iceberg in the middle of the goddamn ocean. Right. So like, were you even looking? <laughs> like, you almost had to kind of try. Yeah. I also want to say that those, uh, like the ship, or the planes that they were flying, the A-10s or whatever, yeah. the Warthogs, those are like some of the coolest fucking planes ever. Like, I personally, like, think they're... Great. I love seeing them in movies. We actually use them still in the U.S. military, I think. Hmm. There you go. Uh, I think, you know, the first dead giveaway that Marcus is a Terminator is when him and Blair get ambushed. Or, well, Blair gets ambushed, and then Marcus pops up and beats those dudes. But somebody hit him across the face, and he did that, like, turn away, and then the slow, back slow look back. 
Yeah, that should be. That was that was the giveaway. Uh, if HKs hunt better at night, I don't know that like John and uh, uh, Barnes could have went and like did that whole thing because like yeah they blew up the thing over here but wouldn't the HK just be like infrared? Oh, those two guys are up there. Yeah, because the infrared they like yeah. I yeah, just, that was kind of silly because they were, they got really close to like Skynet's like little like headquarters area yeah. and it was just like that big ass open like no man's land area and i was like yeah. well you guys were able to sneak. and they only sent one yeah i'm like you guys like, were able to sneak gonna... that close to their fucking base and they sent one ship out there to investigate and then it blows up and then they don't send another one like i would have imagined like, a ah, fleet <laughs> probably all right that's how computers think ah well that problem will probably take care of itself ah that one was useless anyway yeah. <laughs> He was a grunt. He was a grunt. <laughs> he was a fucking grunt. Yeah, they hadn't really kept open maintenance on that guy anyways, so he was kind of <laughs> slowing everybody down. Uh, I forgot to address the uh, Terry Crews thing. Oh, yeah, he played Captain Jericho. So apparently he was he had... This is an article from uh, ScreenRant.com. Terry Crews' deleted role in Terminator Salvation was that of Captain Jericho, a member of John Connor's Resistance Army. Early on in the film, Connor leads a raid on Skynet base and an explosion ends up killing everyone except him. Also perishing in this event is Jericho, actually the brother of Lieutenant Barnes, one of Connor's closest allies. While the role of Jericho wasn't a meaty one, it did at least amount to an extended cameo in Terminator Salvation's opening action sequence. Unfortunately, nearly every frame of Crew's character was cut from the film outside of a quick shot of him as a corpse, which of course now has no context. To add insult to injury, Crews didn't find out about the change until he screened the finished film. While oh, Cruz is naturally bothered by his role being removed, he's actually slightly more annoyed by the fact that the corpse shot was left in. Cruz was already famous when Terminator Salvation came out, so the actor found himself fielding questions from fans and friends about why he was a dead body and what that meant. He, has, he had no real answer, as his character was only meant to be in the opening battle. That kind of sucks. Like, that's kind of shitty. It's very shitty. They didn't tell him, and then he just goes and sees the movie, and he's like, What the fuck is that?! Yeah. I wonder why they decided to cut him out completely. On yeah, the reason like if there was like some dis- like they just didn't like his character or like reduce reduce the runtime. Because I'm maybe. I'm sure there was other scenes in that movie that was left in that could have been cut and you could have kept his for sure. I mean, did he get paid at all? Like, I mean, I imagine you're an actor, you do a job, you get paid, and then you know just sometimes the work have- that you were involved in you know they have the rights to it and so they can choose to do what they will with it if I had to guess yeah could you imagine being the guy that tells him hey sorry we cut all your shit out of the movie except for your that's why they didn't tell him <laughs> I wouldn't tell him either you see how big that fucking man is they, they probably didn't show up to the premiere either they were like ah Terry gonna be there alright yeah fuck that I'm not going oh you said Terry's in attendance absolutely not <laughs> yeah that that's kind of shit I actually did have that as one of my notes too yeah yeah but uh, how do you feel about the Terminators in this one? Like, do you think they were a lot cooler, like the HKs and like the the bikes? Yeah, like I thought the bikes were dope. The bikes were. Yeah, I love probably the coolest ones. I love how there's always a reference back to bikes with the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. I did like, I, I like my, when my dad made me watch this movie with him. He made me watch like Terminator like two and uh, three, and then Salvation, but. I remember specifically, and Dakota, you know what I'm talking about, being in the living room, my dad called me to the living room, was like, hey, come check this out, and he, like, restarted that scene where they were, like, running from the bikes, and, like, 
where the bike was like slid under that car as it was flipping. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I'm talking I about? That. I remember you remember that? Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, He's yeah. like, yo, come check this out. Like, he was like always calling like me and Dakota out of like my room or from like a different part the, of the house, the basement, whatever. The, it may one, be. the one I remember the most on that was I forget what movie it was, but he called us out from your room upstairs to go down there and he rewound it just to show us Halle Berry's. Oh, swordfish. Tits. <laughs> <laughs> that, he was like, he was was? like hey, hey, check this out. Check this out. And he shows him. He's like, yeah, they paid her. I forget how much he said, like so many dollars to show her, show her tits in that fucking scene. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, my dad is something else, man. <laughs> but yeah, that was I, that was one of the most like vivid memories I have of Salvation when I first watched it because yeah. it was it was dope. Like the bikes were amazing. I love the color they put on on the Terminators, like the black. I think they look better in black because of the red. I feel like the black and red just complement each other hmm. versus like the chrome and red. Yeah, that's just my personal opinion. I like I like the sounds of them. Like, just, like, like, when they're in the factory and, like, just, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Or just, there's, like, this, like, deep, Ominous like, robotic sound. Yeah, and it's, like, I don't know, just, like, takes over, like, everything. Like, yeah. it just, it, it's it's the whole vibe of all of it, and it's, you know when it's, like, not... unsettling. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. And was it's, like, and that's part of the vibe that you'd give off if, you know, machines had enslaved the planet. Yeah, absolutely. so I thought that it was really good. When I heard that noise, I'm not going to lie to you, I was like, somebody needs some grease on their shit, because when they're spinning, it's just <laughs> it's just grinding, like that metal, heavy metal metal. I was like, somebody needs to spray some WD-40 on that bitch. And then I liked how Marcus's accent would just kind of fade in and out. His name is Sam Worthington. He's Australian. Right, so he played an avatar with, like, the big blue people. Yeah, I don't care about that movie. But... Uh, that was fucking long ass fucking movie. I know, but his yeah, the accent for him is always kind of like there. Yeah. Whereas like some people that are obviously like British or Australian, like Chris Hemsworth or Idris Elba, they do you know American accents in some of their shit. Yeah, it's just funny how his would like kind of his accent would fade in. It got a little thicker like sometimes. If he, if he was angry would... or upset or whatever, yeah, I mean. It's Definitely kind of like funny because like most of the movie, times. he's got nothing. Like, like he's pretty good. Like if he's just talking to you, he doesn't have an accent. But if he was, like when he's hanging there and John Connor's talking to him, he's like, "Just you, Connor." And they're like, "Yeah." Oh, what was that? Did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, somebody's mad. They don't have their tea and biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Christian Bale when he did John Connor in this one, I think he did a good job. The whole like, he did a lot of like the whole screaming thing. You know, was like into the radios and shit. Well, you gotta think he's fresh off Dark Knight. I mean, yeah, he was still gargling marbles. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's still like he still just had it, and they're like, they're like Christian, Christian. They're, they're like, just you're not, you're not, you're not Bruce anymore. We're not. Yeah, Batman's not here. Batman, <laughs> Batman's the Batman's on Christopher Nolan's set. Do, do you think Batman would survive in the Terminator if the whole world fell to Skynet? That'd be an interesting crossover. He'd probably have his own shelter. So, I mean, like, the Batcave, you, you mean know, the, the Wayne Mansion. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but like, you know, I'm sure he's got, he's probably got, yeah, the Batcave's probably a nice fallout shelter. You know, I'm sure he's got that shit built up. So, you know, he just goes and hides in the Batcave and then, you know, emerges in the Batmobile Every rolling around. Now. Yeah, that shit's destroyed. Right. That shit's destroyed. He turns around, his house is just standing there because it's like built out of something that's just able to survive <laughs> a fucking nuclear blade, like blast. I love it. Interesting. Interesting thought. Yeah, it just randomly popped into my head. Uh, 
Yeah, and then Mark. Yeah, like we said, Marcus is hanging there, and he like Common shoots him. Or I'm sorry, yep. Barnes. Common. We're just gonna call him who, Common. Who I think Bill Common. Who I think Common did very well in this movie. He, I, I liked I, him better in this than I did in John Wick. I, okay, he was also in like Smoking Aces back in the day, and I really don't think he's. I don't think he's a bad actor. No, no. Like, I, I didn't say he's bad in John Wick. It was just no, no, no. I, I it's one of those saying. things where you're like, oh, that's common. But in this one, I wasn't thinking that as much. You're like, oh, that's common, but it's not common. Eventually, you're like, well, okay, Barnes. Like, I don't, some people, it's just you, you. You have trouble getting around. Like, you know, the Rock. The thing, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that, I definitely, yeah. I definitely get what you're saying. I personally will probably always refer to him as Common. That's fun. I didn't know his actual fucking name until just now. Oh, but, okay. yeah. Um, no, I think he definitely... Yeah, he did, he's, he does he's a good. fine He actor. does a good yeah, supporting no, role no in problem, stuff that yeah. he's in. I wish that he had more roles, personally, but... Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like Matt Forte. The old bear's running back. But anyway. Yeah, Common shoots him. And he screams. He's like, no! We're like, what? <laughs> and then Blair comes in and shoots him. And he's just like... <sighs> Never, yeah, he just looked at her and he's just kind of like... like, really? It was that look where he's just like, bitch, are you serious? Yeah. Like, oh, I just found the, the, the difference in reactions very odd. Yeah. And so then, you know, him and Blair break out of there. And there's all these explosions and shooting and all this shit. And it's like, none of that attracted Skynet whatsoever. Mm-mm. Like, no Terminators popped up or anything. Because they get to the river, and, you know, the Hydrobots are in there. But I think Skynet's pretty much just placed Hydrobots in every, you know, pond, so, so. See, any water source, it seems. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I just think, you know, I think some. I think that was a flaw. I, I, I also, like, hate how they had the... Uh helicopter like hovering above the water knowing that like hydrobots are a thing i'm like you guys literally they went were, out and they captured were, like, one so low to the water yeah, too i was like you guys literally went out and captured one in like 15 minutes like you just walked out of the base to the fucking river right there and captured one and tested on it and then i was like and y'all gonna hover a helicopter over the water right where they hang out like that doesn't make sense to me well and like they went after marcus hard as fuck and it was like, they, really they were did. just discussing the fact that he may be their solution yeah. to finding Kyle. And then it's like, he escaped? Well, fuck him. And like, they go and fucking try to kill him. Set up, blow up the whole C4 defense that we have. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a, it was insane. So that way, you know, effort went that way that. we're just open to Skynet. Like, come on in. Yeah. Like, I'm like, all the mines are done. Yep. All, you know, and all your backup C4 is gone. And now it's just all like, all right, yeah, come on in, Skynet. All for that fucking pursuit. Just so he could walk away. Right. And they're like, okay, go ahead. Go ahead and go scout that out for me. It's like, what the fuck was the point of all that? It was a sweet scene. You know, no problem with that. Just, like, why? 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 We're we're not thinking here. I will say this. I did feel bad for the dude that he knocked off that dirt bike. Because, like, he did not have it easy. You know what I'm talking about? Where he stole the bike from the dude. (laughs) Yeah. He just stepped (laughs) around the corner and just punched him off the bike. Like... He hit him in the chest. I was like, bro, he's dead. Like, I was oh, like, yeah. he's dead. Like, his heart had to explode. As fast as he was going and as strong as Marcus is, yeah. I was like, he's fucking dead. And I was like, that poor dude never saw it coming. Man. You just ran into, like, a fucking... Like, it's like you're running oh. on the playground on oh, a yeah. dirt bike and you hit your head on the monkey bars. Oh, <laughs> it's a wrap. Like, it, yeah. I was like... When he hit him, I was just like... It made my chest hurt. 
Like, oh, I like, watched it. I felt like I was about to start wheezing. I was like, holy shit. Oh, that was good. Um, I was pretty happy that the submarine got blown up. Because that ash down guy was a prick. Yeah, uh, what's dude. his name? Jeremy Irons. Yeah, I don't know. His name is Ashdown. Michael Ironside. Thing. Michael Ironside. He um, was he was in Starship Troopers. Girl. I bet he was a cunt there too. He was a little bit of a dickhead, but he he I, I do like him. Doctor Dickhead. Yeah, Doctor. Doctor Dickhead. dickhead. <laughs> I love how you can say that at any point ever, and yep. you always say it with the same intonation pattern, <laughs> like the same tone in your voice too. It's, it's very funny. Anyway, nothing changes. Uh, you know, it's funny, even uh, evil supercomputers fall victim to, to the villain role in movies. Like, Marcus gets in, he gets all the info, and then, you know, they're talking to him. And then they explain the whole plan to Marcus. And then he's like, well, fuck that. And he rips the computer chip out of the back of his head, which is a little rough. Oh, it was a little hard to watch. Uh, and then he goes and proceeds to fuck up the whole plan. <laughs> it's like, even evil supercomputers... Fall victim to the villain rule, huh? That fucking that 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 dialogue, that monologue that they have, where they explain yeah. the entire like. And let me tell you why I'm better than you. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And then he's just sitting there. He's like, uh huh. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Uh, nah, just a little itch. My head itches. <laughs> he's just got blood running all over his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> like that Terminator could have walked out of that room, and like we saw, we all saw Terminator One. The dude put his fucking fist. Through somebody's chest. Through the guy. Yep. Like, the, the Terminator could just walk out and done that to John. Instead, he, like, throws him around and he's, you know, having his fun with him. Obviously, they should have just killed Kyle yep. right as he got to the base. Yep. Granted, I know we need a plot and all this, but, like, even a supercomputer can't figure this shit out? Nope. Not like, the a, like a human guy. evil villain. Like, I'm like, alright, well, humans are stupid, I get it. But a computer... Can't figure out this villain shit. Self-aware. I just... Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, I guess the evil supercomputers have quite the ego, right? Yeah, she definitely had some... She was like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a PB measuring contest right now. Right. So, let me explain why I'm better than you. Uh, they did do a better job of hiding <laughs> CGI Arnold's penis <laughs> in this one. Uh, I no, no I, flapping. I, I, I definitely was not looking, but I'm. They don't want to see that. a CGI. Well, that was on penis. the screen. That was all it was. Was like you know, you go up the legs and then steam. And it was like that was good. That was good. <laughs> the first one is just like just flap, dick, 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 yeah, dick. <laughs> shadow <laughs> flap, shadow flapping. Like, like not even a, like a flapping. like a. It's in the darkness, but like someone had like is standing like three hundred feet away with a fucking flashlight, just aiming it. Yeah, it was just a, it was a really low light flash. <coughs> That's all that was. A lot of peen. That low peen. light. Oh Jesus. Yeah. A lot of low light peen. Uh, didn't she remind you of Vicky though from iRobot? Oh sure. When, yeah. when she was like in her like holographic form or whatever. Uh huh. Like she reminded me a lot of Vicky, and I was like, huh, just thought about that. Yeah. You know, it'd be funny. As fuck as if, you know, Star starts, she's about to touch those hydrogen uh, fuel cells. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, what if she just, like, knocked one over and it was just like, poof! And it was like, ah, oh, damn. And, like, the only thing that's there is her shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just, like, they're all dead. It was just, like, roll credits. Oh. The movie. Can you imagine how many people would be pissed off at the ending of that? <laughs> More people than there currently is. Right. <laughs> I wonder how Kyle got her to, like, learn... 
like the little sign language hand motion and stuff that they were using. Because like he says she doesn't speak. Right. And I wonder if that's like a selectional thing where she like just chooses. Yeah, yeah, like she just chooses not to speak. Could be. Yeah, so that whole scene in, in the basement or whatever. or where, Yeah, they're, the the, where the T-800 is. Thing. Yeah, T-800s are made. You know, John gets stabbed through the <laughs> through the back. Yeah. Which is pretty rough and out the chest. That piece of metal, like I looked, I was watching, and at first I thought it was like going to be something like skinnier. Because uh-huh. I remember him getting stabbed, but then when I saw him get stabbed with that, I was like... That's a lot. I was like, that's a big and then chunk of metal. Just took it right out of him. Now like, he broke it off. He break it off. So yeah, because he had part of it sticking out of his chest, and he grabbed it and it snapped it off, like right, like not flush to his chest, but like a little bit above his chest. Because if he would have just ripped it out of him, he would have died right there. Well, I figured that that was just the thing they overlooked in the movie. Oh, it's yeah, just like, oh well, I'll take this and I'll cut your head. No, I don't know. Yeah, he he actually like snapped the piece of metal off which mind you would still fucking hurt because the rest of it's still inside of your body yeah <laughs> the pressure of it moving oh it's like uh, the slightest amount like of pressure like if somebody even like boop flicked that fucking piece of metal like he's in so much pain so i was like you just gonna snap it off of his chest and just just keep it moving huh yeah get the origin of the scar on his face yeah yeah because in every you know Ooh. two and one you know yeah. and, and in three every future sequence is shown he's just got that scar over his eye. That and fucking... You get to see the origin of it, so that's cool. Could you imagine a robot, like, like clawing your face yeah. with, like, molten metal on his head? Man, I'd be so goddamn mad. I'd be so goddamn mad. I thought Christian Bale was good right there in that moment. Die, oh, yeah. Die, you no. son of a bitch! He definitely did good in that part. I was like, he sold it. He sold it for me. I was like, yeah, fucking do it. Made me think of Rush Hour. <laughs> Alright, so then I got I got notable quotables. Notable quotables. Let's hear it. All all the lines I liked in the movie. Uh, So that's what death tastes like. That was that was rude. Oh yeah, when he kissed her. What'd you expect from a killer? I suppose just stabbed his brother over Capri Sun. Kool Aid jammer. Sorry. Uh, That was a little disrespectful. Callback. What day is it? What year? Which is funny that he says it. Marcus says it to Kyle. And I guess I guess the rule of the Terminator movies is you have to say something that was said in, in previous movies uh, if you want to make the movie somewhere. I, I think it's in the contract somewhere. It's got to be really fine print. Very fine, fine, print. fine print. Okay, and what lines will you be using? Right. <laughs> They're like, and what lines? Yeah. So like, uh, what days of a year? Uh, come with me if you want to live, which you know is Reese. With- Come with so, me if you want to live. That's more just cool because, you know, Reese later says it, and he says it right there. And then, so Marcus obviously says, you point a gun at somebody, you better be ready to pull the trigger. Says that to Reese, <laughs> and then Reese says it. I love the way he looked at him, though, when Reese said that. Like, yeah, he Reece was just said like, Marcus, really? just, He just looked at him, he's like, copy me? it is just one of those looks where he's like, are you fucking serious? What it reminded me of is like, when you know when you're a kid, and you hear something cool, and you think it sounds cool to say it? So you, you go like, oh, well, I want to say that. And so you say it, 
that that's what that reminds me of is just like being a kid and just like wanting to sound cool. Oh yeah, like just waiting for the right heard. moment to use like yeah, use that and like you might you use it in you. the wrong moment too. You you practiced. like that probably wasn't the moment for Reese to say that either because like I think those guys definitely were no, ready they to were pull absolutely the ready to fuck. They were like, should we just turn this fool into Swiss cheese? <laughs> like I'll show them how ready I am. Yeah. You've practiced that line in your head a million times. Yeah, you'll be taking a shower. You'll say it a few times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. He said that he. I fucking look like. Uh, what if the dude would have just will. shot him, like just straight shot him in the <laughs> face? <Boom>! Like <laughs> I'm like, oof, roll credits. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking gold. Uh, when the music comes on in the in the jeep when he gets the car running, it's like, what is that? It's yeah. Like, the have you never heard music before, or is it like a what is that? I want that on my Spotify list. It, I, like, think, <laughs> I, I think that. I don't think Spotify would have existed at that point. Well, it's a joke. But, no. Uh, <laughs> Spotify is what took over the world. True. Oh. Interesting, true. interesting. Everybody's got it. Not everybody. Damn near everybody. Hashtag Apple Music. Same thing. Uh, no, but I was going to say, the whole, like, music thing for him, maybe, like, cause I'm assuming he had grown up, basically. People like, do that. Like, as, like, in that time period. Yeah, of, like, yeah, yeah. the world being, like, in ruins. No, it's just really, like... So, but does he mean, like, what is that? Yeah. As in, like, have you never heard music before? Or is it like, I don't know, like, you just never heard that song before? Yeah, just a thought. I think it was just the whole music thing, but yeah. Uh, which is a funny thought. Like, what is that? M- it's music. music. <laughs> um, two-day-old coyote, better than three-day-old coyote. <laughs> never once is radiation discussed in nope. this entire <laughs> series. Buddy. Animals have got to be the most irradiated things on the planet. So they're just eating nuked up, (laughs) nuked up coyote. Shit that keeps you up for like seven days and your hair falls out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'll be back. Call back to Terminator. You know, the original couple Terminators. Uh, It was cheesy when, uh, when John said it, I thought. I'll be back. But it's just kind of like the mandatory, some iteration of I'll be back has to be said if it's a Terminator movie. Absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, this isn't a quote, but they play, he plays GNR, You Could Be Mine, when he's attracting the uh, motorcycle. Which is the same okay. song he was listening to in Terminator 2 when he's on his dirt bike with his friend. Okay, yeah. I, I was their little boombox. I was, yeah, that yeah. was funny. That motorcycle got <laughs> so obviously, uh, obviously John Connor's a big GNR fan. Seems like I mean he grew up in that time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That album was fairly new when uh, that movie was made. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's all my notes. Do you got anything else? Anything else on your notes? Mm, no, I I mean I did say that it had the best CGI of all the Terminator mm, movies. Yeah, that's fair. I think that that's like to date. I think that it has the best CGI out of all of them. Like, Genesis and Dark Fate, I feel like, do not have as good of CGI. I'm okay with that statement. What about you? It has some good CGI, I'm not going to lie. I mean, granted, first time watching, you know, I'm comparing it to the first three, which, I mean, it's going to be better regardless. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it did have real good CGI compared to the other two once I watched those ones later on. Yeah. I like the CGI. I thought it was good, especially for the time period. I was like, it was like when it came out. I was like, this is some pretty solid shit. Yeah, and MCG, not a bad director. 
I like I like the uh, unless you like the fuck I like his director style. Unless you're Terry Crews. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Maybe he just felt that Terry was a... Uh, Do you think he actively avoids him like, out in public? Oh, for in sure. A hundred percent. Like, Terry Crews is going to be there. Nope, not, I'm, not, I'm not going. He probably just like... It's the money the party where everybody gets for money. Sure. I'm not going. Uh, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Terry's there? No. No. You said Terry's there? Oh, hell no. Yeah. The money party. How do I get invited to that? Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine though, like he like the like, MCG like walks into like a Starbucks and he sees like Terry Crews and he's like, "W he's fuck." Like, he's like, like, "Nope." Runs I'm into out. the door and then runs out. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fucking hilarious. So, uh, all right, so ratings, Charles. How many eggplants? I'm not doing eggplants. Uh, I rate it three. I'll say three stars okay. out of five. Two point seven eggplants out of five. I like it. It's three and a half for me. So, yeah. Any other closing statements? Uh, go watch it. It's on Netflix. It is on the Netty Flicks. Netflix it's got really good chill. action. The action scenes are pretty solid. Indeed. At Constant Crisis 1 at Twitter. Uh, Constant Crisis Hotline at Yahoo.com. Uh, goodbye.